We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it over 25 minutes, all right? Welcome back into the Underage Packers podcast. I am Joey here, welcoming you into episode 112. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Big B. How you feeling? Week three is already here. Yeah, it's crazy that week three is already here. Uh, good week to be a Packers fan, of course. First dub of the year. You'll love to see it. Got all the bragging rights against them Bears fans, which you also love to see. Yes. We're on the Tampa now. Yes. Now, one thing that I forgot to mention in our Bears recap video that we posted the other day, you know, we were talking about your experience there. Uh, you know, a lot, you know, a few people not fully carrying the G, not understanding their role as a fan in a packed Lambeau field. Um, but we did not talk about um, that thing that I see in the right hand side of your screen that carry the G can, um, which, you know, that's empty, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. I was going to say, you might get Corey Banky in trouble by posting a picture at his house with a beer can in your hand. But that is a beauty right there. And now you have, do you have the Woodson Whiskey and the, what's Leroy's called? Um, Leap Vodka. Leap Vodka. Do you have that in your room? Yes. It's okay. Right can, we, can we see those? Can you pan the camera over? Let's, let's see here. This is... Uh, okay. Well, I got nine one one on the line. Tell your mother you love her. <laughs> All right, I will. And what was that? Was that the the Brewers players lemonade with and his collaboration with Leroy? Yes, it is. Oh my God, dude! You have a, a can, a room full of beer cans. But hey, that's that's what comes with being a sports fan. Sometimes you gotta yeah. convince your mother to buy that beer for you to for you know, memorabilia. And then if it stays good enough for three or four years, you have, you're stocked up really. I know I got more alcohol than an alcoholic. So it's pretty <laughs> wild. Yeah. Well, with alcoholic, they drink it so fast by the time they buy a case, it's already gone. So yeah, that's, that's that true. is probably true. Yeah. Um, back on topic here to the green Bay Packers and the football <laughs> aspect of it. Um, today we're going to be previewing this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I got to say, I wish I was a little bit more confident in this Packers team um, going up against Tampa Bay. They were a foe two years ago in the, the NFC playoff race, obviously. And now we are back. Obviously, some things have changed. But Green Bay against Tampa Bay, that's just a really tough matchup. And I'm not saying by the end of the season, Green Bay can't be the top team in the NFC. But for the Packers side of things, going up against a team – the way Tampa Bay is constructed, it's just a really kind of a mismatched puzzle piece for them in order to be able to compete with them. So I'm really excited, a little bit nervous to see how this game on Sunday goes. Now, the main thing, uh, they are going up against Todd Bowles, who is now the head coach, was the defense coordinator there for a few years. But Todd Bowles, we know, is going to send the pressure, especially with his stacked front seven that he has with Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White and a handful of others that he has on that defensive line and his linebacker group. So he cannot let 
Aaron get under pressure. And I can really see this going pretty much exactly like Minnesota on the offensive side of things. Obviously, if David Bakhtiari does end up playing, that would help us out a ton. But I can really see this being one of those classic games where Aaron gets pressured on early and then he gets so frustrated. They go down by one or two scores and then Aaron look at, is looking for the touchdown. He's looking for the grand slam on every single play. They drift away from the game plan and all of a sudden we're sitting here with Aaron Jones somehow having negative two carries. <laughs> like, I, uh, that's just how I foresee this game going. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a pessimist but, and I'm not trying to be a, a Packers hater. But that's just my fear for this game, knowing how Aaron Rodgers and Matt LeFleur operate in situations like this before. But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully the Packers come in with a game, good game plan. Hopefully they utilize Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon especially, who, you know, this is kind of a random pool, and I hate to bring up bad memories, but in the 2020 cha- uh, championship game, A.J. Dillon in the third and fourth quarter really had something strong going, and he was tiring out the Buccaneers' defense. But the Packers decided they didn't have enough time to stick to the running game, so they abandoned A.J. Dillon. But hopefully this year they realize that he can be a force, weaken that front seven, make them uh, tired, and then by the end of the game Aaron Rodgers can go and score 40 on them. All right, That's, that's what this offense is going to have to do. They cannot get overwhelmed by the constant pressure that Tampa Bay is going to send. I think the key player in this game for Tampa Bay is definitely Vita Vea, um, you know, the, the first-round draft pick from a few years ago who I was pretty disappointed the Packers didn't end up picking. I forgot what year he was, though. I, I think it was, I want to say 2017. I want to say that, too. Yeah, and who even – and that was the year we traded back out of the first round. So, you know, that's besides the point. Vita Vea is a force, all right? We got lucky when we didn't play him in one of the matches in 2020. Um, but he is just a force to be reckoned with in both the run and the pass game. He is incredibly athletic for his size, and hopefully the Packers have something planned up um, to help Josh Myers out on him with you know Myers being kind of up and down these past two weeks. Really hope they don't you know leave Josh Myers out there, throw him into the water, against one of the best defensive tackles in the game, probably the best defense tackle in the game outside of Aaron Donald um, all around. You know, Kenny Clark is definitely up there, but all around, you know, combined with overall, he's just such a great player in every aspect of what it means to be a defensive tackle. Big B, any other thoughts on this matchup between the Packers offense and the Buccaneers defense? Um, Yeah, I'll just touch on uh, Vita Vea real quick. Like, they got to like at least double team him because he's going to yeah. absolutely wreck this game. Josh, like you said, Josh Myers hasn't had the greatest of starts to the season. A lot of up and downs looked really good. Um, pulling um, last week in the Chicago bears game, we got to double team him at least more than at least more than half of the plays that we run. Yep. And that's really where the problem starts. Cause if you double team beat Avea, then you have, um, Shaquille Barrett and I forgot the yes. other one coming off the edge and it could get ugly very quickly especially if David Bakhtiari is not playing I agree and this the offense just has to be in rhythm I am going to take a Dr. Pepper can and smash it against my head 80 times and probably more than that 
if the offense does not come out with a plan in the passing game to have a quick snip, that's it, right? You know, can we go back to the 2011 days of Aaron Rodgers where they would have like the little the clocks on the, the replays of how quickly he got it out from snap uh, into his hands and then throw? Insane times. Mm-hmm. And that has just completely disappeared. And, you know, obviously McCarthy's offense versus LaFleur's offense definitely has something to do with that. But that has completely gone away. They got to use that for at least this game. I'm begging you. Get into rhythm quickly. Don't have long developing plays, especially on third down. All right. Do what you got to do to get the ball out of Aaron's hands. Throw it to somebody who can hopefully gain yardage. And we'll talk about it when we get to our three keys. But staying ahead of the sticks is going to be, you know, crucial for the Packers in this game just because of how much pressure Todd Bowles likes to send, especially on third down. Everybody and their mother is coming, right? You got to do something on third down and not end up with those sacks that we see time and time again because Aaron Rodgers is looking for the 30-yard pass on third and five, mm-hmm. right? So I think that pretty much wraps up the offensive side, and that's I think that's where the Packers are going to have to win the game. They're obviously going to have to limit the uh, the Buccaneers' offense that does have a lot of playmakers, including Tom Brady, but it starts with the offense being able to put points on the board. Now, on to that Buccaneers' offense, uh, going up against the Green Bay defense. Leonard Fournette has been a problem. You know, I, I got a little bit scared. You know, he posted on his Twitter that he was going to deliver to his fantasy owners um, uh, this week I'm after – he means not this week and maybe like next yeah week. yeah hopefully yeah i think he should put out a psa out there guys make sure you bench me this week yeah i i'm gonna hold off for a little bit all right yeah. so hopefully that's the case i agree you know the packers had had problems with him we all remember playoff lenny and his great performance two years ago so hopefully that's a different scenario especially after we saw kind of what it is to ask her it was in the second half um, trying to limit David Montgomery run after run. Um, so got to make sure Leonard Fournette is contained. Um, Mike Evans is officially suspended. He did try to appeal the suspicion, the suspension, but he is officially out this Sunday. So um, I, I need to pull up the injury report here because I do believe that Chris Godwin and a few other of the Buccaneers wide receivers are currently dealing with an injury. Yes, yeah, so um, Julio. I think Russell Gage is also on there. Okay. Yeah, so Russell Gage uh, was a limited participant today with a hamstring injury. Uh, Chris Godwin also had a hamstring injury, and he did not participate as all. And he had Scotty Miller dealing with the calf injury. Um, am I saying that right? Calf? That sounds so wrong. Calf? Calf, yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Calf. Injury. Uh, he was also a limited participant. And then finally, Rashad Perryman, the veteran. That's crazy that he's even still in the league. He's dealing with the knee injury figures, probably has uh, recovered from the knee surgery. Um, he's a limited participant. I mean that in a, a he's an old guy kind of way, not that he literally had knee surgery. How old is this man? Am I imagining his age? Did you say calf? What did you say? Calf? Calf. Like, I'm still trying to process this. Calf? Oh, my. <laughs> let's not talk about it oh my god (laughs) so 
there's a Buccaneers injury report. A lot of wide receivers for them dealing with injuries. Um, do also it is also important to bring up Packers also have some injuries at the wide receiver position. Cobb illness did not participate. Lazard ankle that he's been dealing with limited participation. Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson both limited participants with a hamstring injury, but they all should be good to go. And we'll obviously find out more about that during the week. So, but with the Bucks, though, they are losing Mike Evans in this game. Chris Godwin, you know, is still, you know, might still feel a little bit of that rust coming off of what did he, uh, what did he tear late ACL. in the season last year? ACL. The, like, yeah, okay. that's probably right. It was some, some important bone, I think. So their wide receivers are obviously going to be something in the, to watch going up against strong secondary, having a great game last week. Um, Packers. They have their own V of A in Kenny Clark. He had a, a, you know, there was some plays where he just looked like he was getting owned by the Bears center, but every other play he was just dominating. So he, you know, Kenny is kind of a guy that always has a little bit of a slower start to the season, but then by week five, week six, he has a breakout game in one of those weeks. And then he is just full go from there. So Hopefully we see more of the same from Kenny Clark, at least the positives that we saw last week against Chicago. Um, and then finally, Packers have had not a single blitz called in these first two games. So they need to be putting pressure on this old but masterful quarterback. He's old, he's immobile, but he's going to scan that defense. Don't give him time to scan the defense and make the right read. All right, get pressure on him. Rashawn, Preston, let's go. Quay, if we want to use you in a blitz, get that old man down. Bring him to the nursing home, all right? Even though I kind of like Tom Brady now. Yes, I kind of, kind of like Tom Brady too. Yeah. But and also, also you got, got to think as well. Like, they don't have, like, like half of their offensive line. Like yes. Half of them are all injured and, like, season-ending injuries and IR and such. So, it's time to feast, Rashawn. Let's, let's yes. get some boys for some rides, you know, right back into Tom Brady. And sack his ass. Let's go. That's true, too, for uh, Kenny Clark. You know, Ryan Jensen was hurt, and then their backup center was hurt as well. So third string center? Yes. Oh, my God. He's going to die. That poor kid. <laughs> that poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> Should have signed J.C. Treader, man. I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, that leads us into key matchups for this game. For me, it's, it's um, the defensive tackles versus centers for both sides easily. Um, I think that's going to decide who wins this game. Big B, any key matchup you want to bring up? Um, I like yours, but I'm also going to say the outside linebackers, Tampa's mm. outside linebackers and the Packers tackles. I think, you know, they could easily wreck this game. Elton Jenkins had a rusty game, but I think he'll be back in his old self this week. But then yes. you got Yash Nyman on the other side. Has played phenomenal last year and to the start of this year. But Tampa's got some different breeds at the outside linebacker spots. So that is my yes. key match. Man, I love watching Devin White play. He is insanely so good, yes. um, insanely fast. And he's obviously going to play a key role for this game at, for Tampa in the second level here. So got to watch out for him. He can definitely destroy um, the type of game that Aaron Jones had last week. So mm. it's going to be a tough, tough game for green bay so the three keys in this game 
winning in the trenches is number one. Like, you know, this is pretty much a theme of this episode. We've been talking about it. Gotta gotta stop Tampa Bay up front and gotta make sure you put pressure on an old man Brady. Big B, what's key number two? Um, keeping ahead of the sticks. I mean, like we've mentioned numerous times in this episode, um, Tampa's got a great defensive line. Can't get in third and like eleven and fifteen, yep. like we've seen multiple times early in this season. Gotta stay third and shorts, the third and fives, the third and threes, nice quick passes to get the first down. Can't get behind. Okay. And finally, uh, it's limiting big plays by Leonard Fournette. Um, he's probably going to be leaned on a lot, especially with the wide receivers injuries and suspension that they're dealing with. So got to make sure he cannot be used. Uh, and also he, he's great in the passing game as well, especially on screens that can be killers sometimes. So got to make sure Leonard Fournette does not have a big day. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, like I'm thinking, like, should we almost let Tom Brady beat you? Because, like, they got really no receivers. Like, I feel like that could also end terribly as well. But, you know. like I don't, you I don't know if I want to agree with that one. I know. Like, I'm not even sure I agree with that, but I still said it. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just because of how – Tom Brady has made, you know, every white guy from like University of Illinois, you know, yeah, of the middle of nowhere, this college that nobody's ever heard of and has like 200 students. You know, he's made guys like that D10 guys look absolutely phenomenal. So, I I don't know if I'd say that, but that is true. We'll we'll have to see what Tampa rolls out on Sunday with a, a interesting offense. Um, that pretty much wraps up what we have for this game against Tampa. Um, like I said, I have my fears of how this game is going to go. I have deep, deep fears. Um, you know, I see it. I see it. Um, worst case scenario being a lot like Minnesota being a lot like the two losses of 2020 but there's also the chance that Packers, you know, finally, for the first time in many, many years, not a quick pace offense and are able to win this game. Um, so that's that. Anything else you want to add on Tampa, Big B? Um, I'm terrified. Um, I'm nervous. I, as well, do not feel very confident. But by the time the game starts, we're going to be winning by 100. So that's all that matters. Apparently, yeah. I'm just looking forward to this week because it's the first game where we're going into it knowing it's going to be a tough one, right? Like yeah. with Minnesota, we knew it was going to be a little shaky, but we thought we were going to win. Yeah. On this game, we know it's probably going to be a close one. My eight-month-old niece really wants to get a, a live studio viewing of Underage Package podcast as she is banging on my door right now. Um, okay, we're not even going to do score predictions this week because I don't want to think about that. All right. All right. Uh, some other notes we want to hit up. First off, David Bakhtiari been talking point pretty much every week for the past two years now, dealing with his injury. It is really disappointing the point he's at. You know, we pretty much talked extensively and have made every point we want to make. And I, I don't know if I've talked. The one thing I don't think I've talked enough about though is the discourse and the talk around him for Packers fans. All right. I, I really wanted to mention last week's episode, 
how there was literally people out there saying that, um, remind me if I had talked about this, how there was people saying after week one that the Packers were stupid to pay David Bakhtiari instead of Devontae Adams. Which, did, I, did we talk about this? I can't. I can't remember if it was on the episode or afterwards. Okay, wait. I think it was afterwards. All right. So it is just the dumbest idea that humans have ever thought. Forget all of the mistakes of world history or the people that we can look back on now and be, wow, that's really stupid. <laughs> the pe- the the hindsight bias. That's a uh, a a vocab term in AP Psych. The hindsight bias from these people when it comes to David Bakhtiari's contract is absolutely absurd, all right? Because everybody was happy for the most part when he got paid. I mean, we weren't happy for the timing because we almost lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars when we found out. Yes, But everybody was happy, and it seemed like a great decision at that time, all right? He was coming off his all-pro season and was having another great season in 2020. So... (laughs) Right, sure. Looking back at it now, he's, you know, for the first two years of his contract extension, he's he hasn't played in a game, right? He didn't play in his first season on that contract extension at all yet. So I get that, you know, and it's a shame that that happened. And, you know, for David's side of things, hey, you know, it's good that he got paid before he got hurt because who knows where he is then if, you know, he doesn't get that contract extension done midseason, right? So, that's that, you know, David extension was well-deserved at the time. All right. But to now sit and say they should have paid Devante over him is ridiculous because for two reasons, one, because they did try to pay Devante regardless of if it was, you know, they, they weren't meeting the guarantees that he wanted and that he wasn't um, what else I was going to say. And that the Packers didn't meet his full ask until he told he said he wanted to go to Las Vegas, right? Regardless of that, they tried to work it out. Okay. And this was pretty much Devontae's demand to go to Las Vegas. But then to sit there and say they should have paid Devontae, they should have had the great hindsight, the great foretelling to see that David Bakhtiari would have gotten hurt and not play at all on his contract is just absurd. Like, get your head right, people. Like, I don't know what you expected them to see how you expected them to predict that Bakhtiari would go down. Because in my opinion, I like taking the injury out of it, paying out David Bakhtiari, even though he is getting up there in age, paying him at that time. I, I can't say that's a worse decision than not, uh, than, um, than not paying Devontae Adams. Like I would have loved Devontae to be back here. He's going to be 30 next year with the guarantees he's got. He's going to end up getting paid a lot of money into his early 30s, which sure he might, you know, live up to that, play up to that still. But I like, I can't say having an all pro left tackle as a staple on your offensive line for the next four years would have been worse than missing out on Devontae Adams. Even though he is a great player, this offense can survive without him. And sure, the offense survived without David Bakhtiari, but they could have won. They, they, the reason. I think they would have won those these last two playoff losses if Bakhtiari was in the lineup. Devontae, though, you know, he you know played a great part of the playoff run, dropped mm-hmm. touchdown in Tampa Bay, 
He, you know, not his fault, obviously, on the second one, but he did cause Rodgers to force so many passes in the 49ers game. And that was just Rodgers was so off in that game. And that can mostly be a credit to his his uh, tunnel vision on, on Devontae, probably. So I'm getting off topic here, but <laughs> just just stop talking about Bakhtiari's contract. All right. Anything other than it's a for an unfortunate case for both sides is ridiculous. And I brought this up many times before, but nobody wants to get on the field more than David Bakhtiari. So for anyone questioning his heart, his effort, his motivation levels, stop talking to this, all right? And that's all I have to say on that, to quote Aaron Rodgers. Wow, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another uh, player or person that has been getting crap is Nathaniel Hackett in Denver as a Broncos head coach. And it's really heartbreaking to see his, his bad decisions in his first two games have, you know, they've, they've been bad decisions. All right. But to see a lot of people already trash him, already call him a bad hire. It hurts my heart. I know he's a great offensive mind and I think he can turn the ship around. Um, I do need to pull up Benjamin Slowick, who is a great writer he did have this article that he put out today that I need to find here. Yes, Benjamin Sloak. He said the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett as Aaron Rodgers' bait, and it didn't work. The sooner we will admit that, the easier it becomes to understand why Hackett seems totally unprepared for all the things a head coach is actually supposed to do. Now, early on in the article, he does mention um, that it is a little too early to judge Hackett. But I, I think it's, I don't know, like unless... He has some inside information in the article that I'm missing. This seems way too much presumptuous um, to say that he was Rogers bait. And also it's, it's totally discrediting the fact that he was a great head coach candidate and did great things for this Packers offense. Like, let's not act like they hired, I don't know, the, the assistant tight ends coach that Rogers really liked. Just for an example, like they hired this random guy, that didn't have any head coach hype at all and said, you're our head coach. Like then sure. Yeah. That's probably Rogers bait. But with Nathaniel Hackett, he was a good candidate. There are a lot of great things with Packers offense, even without that play calling experience. So saying he's Rogers bait, not sure about that. Finally. Uh, okay. Two more things we got to bring up my random game of the week. And then we say a sad goodbye to one of our friends. They're still alive, but don't worry. Um, But my random game of the week, if you don't know, this is a segment me and Big B have to share our love for bringing up random, random Packers games over the years that the two of us can bond over. Pretty much, you know, filling out that time for the games that we didn't have podcast episodes for, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to look back at five years from now and look back at all these games that we had podcasts for. Like whenever I get a memory like I do with these games from years and years ago, when it happens to me in five years, I can think, hmm, let me let me go back and listen to our podcast recap of that game. That will be a fun one. Um, but my random game this week was Packers versus Eagles 2016. Uh, if you don't remember this one, it's the, the game that started the run the table stretch here. The game against Washington, the fourth and final loss during that regular season, that game against Washington was so deflating because it was just so representative 
representative. Am I saying that right? Um, of that, how the Packers season felt at that point. Um, so deflated. And I remember that image of who was it? There was some Redskins player, or yeah, they were the Redskins at that time, some Washington player, if that's better, that had a cheese head and they were ripping it and oh, yeah. one took a bite out of it. And it was heartbreaking. So deflating as Packers fans. And Jared Cook had that fumble late in the game when the Packers were trying to put something together. Ah, so heartbreaking. So then the next week they followed up. They traveled to Philadelphia and they beat them down. Right? Like it was phenomenal. I'm trying to find the final score here again Um, 27 to 13. And the greatest play of that game to me is the Rodgers pass to Devontae Adams early on in the game. And he just finds him. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to do a good job at describing this, but they're in the red zone and Devontae is on the left side and he just runs straight down the field. He has a cornerback playing really tight coverage on him. Rodgers puts it in the perfect place for Adams to just die for it in the end zone. And the DB doesn't even know what happened. You know, you, you look at the pictures and Devontae is diving. The defensive back is like two seconds behind him. Mm-hmm. That is a phenomenal play. And I remember that play so specifically because uh, me and my two brothers were in the basement that night watching the game. And we had ordered a pizza from Domino's or Papa John's, one of the two. And... <laughs> That play made me so excited that I had pizza on my chair. So I set it down on my chair and then I jump up and down and then I sit back down on my pizza. So that, that kind of sucked, but I was so excited that I didn't care. I don't even know if I got a new piece or I just went along with it. I know. How, how was the pizza though? Was it? Oh, it was, I, it was great. I can remember it even today, thinking about it, bringing back the aroma. 2016 versus the Eagles. So that's that's my random game of the week. Join us next week when Big B will have his random game of the week. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, all right. Now, the final order of business that we have to take care of is a very depressing one. As our friend MK Burgess, new supporter at WFRV, has announced that she will be leaving the Green Bay area to uh, cover Seattle. I'm sure she's going to cover sports, but she will be uh, moving to a Seattle news station. And we had MK on the show two times. And I just got to say, she was one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on here, right? She, you could just tell how dedicated she was to her job. She, you you know, she wasn't a fan of the Packers, but she did so much looking into them. The fact that she has a news reporter, this is not part of her job at all. This is, you know, to go on podcasts, especially with two 16-year-olds at the time, right? Mm-hmm. That was not part of her job. But to go on a podcast, you know, interact with us and so many other Packers podcasts on Twitter. And, like, she had so much to say about the Packers. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. And she was so much fun to have on. I'm so glad I got we got to meet her We were at training camp this August. So, MK, so sad to see you leave. Thank you so much for everything um, and your time here in Green Bay. Uh, And good luck in Seattle. We'll miss you. 
Okay, that's all we have for you here on episode 112 of the Underage Packers podcast. Big B, any final thoughts? Um, any Jamal Williams stat predictions you want to give us? That's one of, I'm just hitting this. This is just hitting me now on how much I miss your absurd Jamal Williams stat predictions. I know. Those Man, are that's good. sad. Who, who are they playing this week? Um, I have no idea. You'll find out when Jamal scores three touchdowns, eh? Yes, that's when I will know. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this video or the podcast in the comments down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a friendly review. We'd really appreciate it. And with that being said, talk to you later. Go Pack Go.